from the highest point on Florida State's campus. This is Tomahawk Talk. We've gotten through a little bit of a difficulty here. My computer has died in front of me, so it's uh, kind of an interesting start to the show, but we're really excited for uh, this thing to kick off. Uh, got a lot to get through. Uh, T-Pain with uh, Tallahassee Soccer Club, Wimbledon, um, the Rockets trade. There's just so much going on here. Uh, we're really excited to get it going, but Brett, you're in the uh, you're in the co-host seat once again for the second straight week. Are you getting a little bit used to it? I, I am getting used to it. I will say though, uh, there is there is something wrong with my chair this week. And I think on last week's show, I mentioned how much comfier the chair was. This week, at least for the first half of the show, before we go to break, I think I'm gonna be uh, gonna have to suffer through this. Uh, I'm kind of falling off here. It's like tilted to the side, but hey. I'll get through it. I'll get through it. You don't got to worry about me. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, it's good to have Mike Peterson over here. He's back in, in, in the room. It's been a while since I've seen you. You've uh, you've had an eventful summer. It's been a minute, man. Yeah, just got back to Tallahassee this past Monday. Was in Quantico, Virginia, D.C., okay. and North Carolina. Wow. What were you, what were you doing in Quantico? That is uh, uh, FBI headquarters, uh, am I right? Yeah, I don't want the FBI hearing this, but I had a nice little tour with my family, so it was pretty dope. Oh, yeah. Future? future there maybe no. like uh who was uh who was the um the cornerback uh tillman charles tillman he's uh he's in the fbi now damn i did yeah. not know that really? well yeah. yeah my dad graduated from the national academy in like 2010 so it was, he was just back visiting well that's good to hear jay jay sutton aboard jay has gone viral very famous over a half a million views on facebook and twitter for his interview with the big three jay how does it feel you know uh we're, we're in the presence as a celebrity here uh refer to me as big jay for now <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it felt amazing though I, I couldn't believe it took off like that but i'm glad it, it did and it you know put me on a big stage and put the station on a big stage as well so what would you learn from that experience <sighs> to always have a camera because <laughs> you never know when that moment might go viral uh yeah so always have a camera and ask good questions well, you know, I'm 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 excited to be in the host chair here. Nick Carlisle, he's all the way down in Miami, getting his way up here. He uh, said he wasn't going to be able to make the show, but I'm very very humbled to take over it. And uh, maybe in the future, you think I you think I got something going here? Yeah, I, th- I think you might have a little something going. A L- little little something going. Well, the Wimbledon final was spectacular. Russell Westbrook was traded to the Rockets. The Open Championship is this weekend. The Jaguars are in a little bit of contract trouble with their stars on the defense. And as we talked about, T. Payne has uh, kind of etched himself in the Tallahassee community. He's represented. It's Tallahassee Payne, as if <laughs> yeah. people don't really know. But a, a very interesting uh, story that, that came out today, which was Tallahassee Soccer Club. They made the playoffs in their first inaugural season. It's a non. It's a non-league. Is that is that what they call the? Yeah. So after um, you go through MLS and like the USL leagues, the the professional leagues in this country, there's a, a number of of semi-professional and amateur leagues. Um, that Tallahassee Soccer Club is in there in the Gulf Coast Premier League, made the playoffs and, and set up a little a bit of a, of a GoFundMe to help, you know, fund the, all the expenses for traveling, hopefully deep into the playoffs. Yeah, I saw that it was about $2,500 that they had raised. They were looking to get to 4000 And then there was a cryptic tweet by T-Pain about the soccer club. And then all of a sudden, Twitter just took off. And uh, he, he donated $1,500. And it's a, it's a really big step for the community of Tallahassee because – from from the inception, what I've seen from this soccer club is they've really been about this is a community thing. Uh, they aren't exactly trying to make money no. off of it. 
it's it's more bringing people together because we're in the dog days of summer, guys. I mean, there's what what are, what's going on in Tallahassee? I mean, after after the baseball team is gone, uh, we're just waiting on women's soccer. Yeah, there's there there wasn't really anything to do. Well, uh, Mike, Mike, what what did you think about that situation with T Pain? It, it, it's great to see a, a Tallahassee local make mm-hmm. that difference, huh? Well, to quote one of his songs, I'm sprung about him coming back and supporting <laughs> the community. You got um, the auto tune on it, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Rapper turned singer. Uh, <laughs> donating so much money, helping out the community. No, it's great, you know, because, yeah, when you think of, like, Tallahassee, his name comes to mind, but um, when you think of rappers, you don't think of places like Tallahassee to, that yeah. have communities affected, so it's it's great what he's doing. And it's it's been a humbling thing because, I don't know if you guys remember, about a year and a half ago, his niece was, was shot and killed over mm. by the Walgreens on Ocala. And that was a that was like a that was a really big thing in Tallahassee, and um, kind of shocking with something that happened so close to the school and and to a celebrity's family member, and and to see him kind of still still believe in this town that that was great to see. J O L, what what are your thoughts on this? Well, yeah, um, like you said, Tallahassee is in his name. You know, it's a part of him. It's who he is, and he he's repped that since day one. And T Pain is at a stage in his career where he doesn't really have to necessarily do anything like that. You see a lot of guys that give back just for notoriety and have their name attached to some street cred, um, but he's at a point where he's big enough where he doesn't have to do anything for Tallahassee, but he still did. So um, I think it was a good look on his behalf. This is just really great for the sport of soccer in Tallahassee. Obviously, the women's, uh, you know, the U.S. women's national team coming off a World Cup victory, the Florida State women's soccer team coming off a national championship, the inaugural season for Tallahassee Soccer Club there in the playoffs. This only helps grow the sport. Um, in a city like Tallahassee that, that is football-driven and has been for, for quite some time. Totally agree. We're, we're going to move on now over to the Wimbledon final. It was a five-setter, unbelievable match. It was the first-ever match to go to a tiebreak in a major final um, in, in, in major history, um, whether it be the French, the Australian, or uh, the third major in the U.S. Open. But Wimbledon, it, uh, Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer are, are arguably the two greatest tennis players of all, all time. You throw in Nadal, he's got a, a little bit more wins, but he's kind of more a, a one-court wonder, <laughs> if you will. Uh, but really, what, what Federer proved this weekend, although it was a five-set loss, uh, I, it was, I believe, 14-12 to 12 in the final set. 13-12 to 12 after Thir- the tiebreak. Okay. okay, so yeah, 13-12 to 12 in favor of... Uh, of Djokovic, Federer had two match points here, oh, and, yeah. and he had a he had a set he had a, a break point just before the tiebreak that he was unable to get. It, it, it was a total a uh, total winnable game for him, but or I should say match. It's, it's not really a game, <laughs> but a total winnable match. But at 37 years old, it's it's incredible to see a guy of his caliber where people have kind of written him out, and you can go and look at other athletes where. Everyone and everyone around thought he was going to win, and he, he really had a chance to win. Yeah. It's um, it's great to see players who haven't gone past their prime. No, definitely. And you you look, Federer won more games in this match than Djokovic did. Um, all three sets that that the Joker won uh, were on a tiebreak, including that that decisive uh, fifth set. And, and every year, you know, I'm not I'm not a massive tennis fan, but I, I watch most of the uh, the majors. I watch the U.S. Open, especially. I, I love watching that take place and every year I, I think well Federer he, he has to have fallen off a little bit and year after year since I was a child I mean he's been yeah. at the top of his game and it's been really incredible to watch not only him and Djokovic but also Rafael Nadal kind of have a three-man goat debate you know in a lot of other sports we see two players like LeBron and Jordan and those they, they've never even yep. played at the same time 
you know, to see a sport where you've got three players where you can make an argument for each of them. They've won more uh, Grand Slam titles than anyone else in the game ever has. And I know they're, they're aging, especially Federer, Nadal, and, and Djokovic are a little bit younger, but it's really, really incredible to kind of watch these guys just give it their all. Mike, as has this tournament kind of proved without this this entire year that's happened, Phil Mickelson won Pebble Beach, I believe, at the beginning of the year at 46, somewhere around there. Tiger Woods just won the Masters at, at his large age. You look at Tom Brady, who's in his 40s playing in the NFL. Adam Vinatieri, I can go on about all these players who are playing into their prime. What what is what does this mean for the future of an athlete? Are their careers over early, or or are the are the careers kind of changing at this point? I think it is. I think it's just the advancement in uh, what they have for health and just the resources that they have uh, with the training staffs that go on and their coaching has just uh, definitely affected them for the better. But I think Federer, he's like the the Tom Brady of tennis. He's got this perfect family, two sets of twins, both boys and girls. And he's just a guy who you're just waiting for him to fall off, and he hasn't yet and he, with 20 majors. It, it's, it's almost hard to, to root against, wouldn't mm, you say? Exactly. He's so likable. And that was the thing that like, got me about the whole final was that he's probably one of the classiest losers in tennis and even like makes light of himself. But when he wins, he's just meh, he's just pretty casual with it. But he's, he's a very gracious loser. You could tell just watching the event that – all the people, he, he's almost like a native um, English English player right, right. Uh, at that point. They, they've adopted him as a player. Novak was going against the crowd, and, and that was something that um, you kind of don't really see <laughs> when you're the number one seed. He was the number one seed in the tournament, so it was, it was a little bit incredible. Jay, what are your thoughts on, on the advancement of, of medicine and all these players just um, really when they hit 30, it's, it's not the end of their career. It's just the start of the second half. I, I think it's incredible. It, it inspires me as someone that just hit 30. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't hit that peak yet. <laughs> uh, that loves to play basketball. Hopefully, you know, all these advancements can help me out. Um, but, I, you know, speaking on this, kind of off subject a little bit, I just saw a report saying that KD could come back in six months. And wow. <laughs> off of a, a Achilles rupture. Which is, which is worse than an ACL. An Achilles is a straight-up year. And you saw how um, – uh, boogie came off of an Achilles. It, it's a slow comeback. Yeah. So you, to speak just how far we have advanced as medicine and age and everything else, I think it's incredible, and I can't wait to see these athletes continue to be great. I would love to have seen Federer get his 21st Grand Slam, but you know, maybe maybe next time he's got time left. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, well, I don't think anyone's writing him out. I always see the old takes exposed of of players who say their careers are over, and we all we all really. I, I felt rejuvenated when Tiger Woods won that major. Like, I don't care if he wins another tournament ever, ever. He, he to me, has fulfilled his destiny of he got to 15, and if he gets any more, it, it, it feels that much better. I, it, it was fulfilling for me, and if you're an athlete that's gotten into your late 30s or your early 40s or even mid-40s, close to 50s, you got to think to yourself, well, seeing all these people might inspire you to you know keep on going on. And, and going back to Tiger for just a second, even if he goes on to, to pass Nicholas with more majors, nothing will top that moment that we saw this year at the Masters. No, no that was the peak. Yeah, I, I don't. You guys got anything to say and on that? Just I am immediately reminded of that image of him hugging his children, running up to him, seeing yeah. we've all kind of grown up with Tiger, and now uh, you know he was this young, baby-faced kid 
when he first started, and now he's we got were his born. Whole family. We exactly. were born. Well, Jay wasn't born, but we were we were born <laughs> during his first. Ninety seven was when I was born during his first Masters, mm. and I grew up. But that was that was my idol. Like that was the only reason I watch golf. I, to this day, I watch golf. You know, off and on uh, when it, when he's not playing, but he's what really brought me to the mm. sport, and he transcends anything. He it's just. Everyone was rooting for him at that moment, and and the big thing I can take away with that we're kind of getting a little bit off, but the the picture of him hugging his kids and everything, and then they put the side by side of when in '97 he was hugging his dad, and how it full circle he went from being son to to father, and that that was just something. Don't great make me cry see. here, man. Don't make me cry in here. Uh, Jay, Jay's <laughs> over here going, man. If my kid ever makes it in a sport, <laughs> holy smokes. Right. Jay, I mean, you you've given him some good genes, man. I, were, were you ever at a time been able to, uh, you know, throw down a little bit on the rim? Uh, a little bit until the other day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I realized the other day that those days are over. So. Jay, we're going to need you for the V89 basketball team. So keep all the dunks you have left in you uh, for, for the uh, basketball well, season. Well, I would say do- keep so all the good. dunks to yourself or else we're going to get technicals oh, around yeah, here. You know, right. you know. Oh, you get text for dunks? Yeah, yeah. text for dunks. No slapping the backboard. It's a, it's tough out keep here. Keep that in mind, Luke. I know how you like to get that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a tech hunter over <laughs> here, and that's not computers. All the layups make the grandpas really happy. Just a nice, clean, easy uh, layup. You know, you know, behind the back layups where, yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> but let's get back on topic here, and, and let's switch over to a sport in which uh, Nick was making a prophecy of saying Russell Westbrook will not be traded until the beginning of the season or midseason. And I said on this show last week, I said Russell Westbrook will not be in a Golden State uniform next week. Or Oklahoma City uniform, rather. Or uh, that's why <laughs> he I was never in a Golden he State. He was never. <laughs> you're, not, you're right. You're right. He, I, I I I mixed up my words a little bit. He'll oh, he'll never be in an Oklahoma City Thunder uniform uh, ever again. And I was right. He I thought that I I had sources that said that he may go to the Rockets and one of my friends who's an agent, but I didn't really believe it. I thought he was going to Miami. When that news broke, I didn't see it for two hours, and then I look at my phone and my my jaw dropped because I thought to myself. Where, where does this go for Oklahoma City? Now they did get a good return, and and Brett, you can you can attest to this this return. But now you're stuck in limbo with CP3 and what you're going to do with that. Does this make the Rockets better? Yes. 100%. People were worried. People were worried about if Chris Paul was going to do how, if he was going to work with James Harden, and it worked pretty well up until the point of the injuries and all that. Russell Westbrook is way less injury prone. He's four or five years younger. His yep. contract is about the same, mm-hmm. and he has that chemistry with James Harden. Now, the style of play is going to be fast. Yeah. It's going to be really, really fast. But to me, to me personally, I like this play, but if you're Oklahoma City, their hand, they, they had nothing to do. They, they couldn't, their, their hand was already played, and right now they're, they're in a worse position than they could have been stuck with CP3. It's almost, to me, like the Carmelo situation. Yeah. And, and and you can tell them what they got back, but it's not, it's it's not that great. No, yeah, they they acquired a first round pick in twenty twenty four in both twenty twenty six, and then they swapped in twenty twenty five, and then uh, next or two years from now in in twenty twenty one. And and with Westbrook joining James Harden, they both played together. They've both made it to an NBA Finals together when they were in Oklahoma City. But when that was taking place. Neither of those guys were, were the star on that team. They were part of the star group, but it was Kevin Durant's team. And they each both got a taste of, of having their own team with Russ when he stayed in OKC and Harden when he was in uh, Houston, or when he's still in Houston. Um, but now it's going to be really interesting to see how they play together. And I think the narrative has been that, oh, maybe it's not a great fit. These are two great players. 
they're going to figure it out. I think they will figure it out because they they didn't play they they didn't always play at the same times. At the end of the game, they had all three of those players on the court. But these guys are professionals. They played they you know they play pickup ball off season like they played together. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But Jay, what my question to you is 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 the West it, does does this make the West a little bit more difficult? Are there now four four really really solid teams in the West? I, Really five. I can think of Portland, the Nuggets, L.A., uh, both L.A.s. It's 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 a really tight race. What what do you think about the playoff picture coming up? If if it if it comes out that way, the West is going to be tough. I think the entire NBA is going to be tough. Um, I actually had a dark horse pick to win the championship next year, prior to the Westbrook trade. Prior to the Westbrook trade, my team to win the championship next year was the Houston Rockets. Really? Yes, because nobody was saying them. Everybody's like the Lakers, Clippers. I'm like, this is a team that has been tested. This is a team that has been uh, put up good numbers, good win totals. Um, the only roadblock that they ran into has been the Golden State Warriors, and now the Warriors are, well, they're still in the picture, but they aren't still the Warriors. They aren't top dog. Yeah, so I thought they had a good chance, but I personally think that the Westbrook trade changes all of that because I don't think it's a good fit. Um, Why? I Two guys that have extremely high usage rates. I know they were saying it all over national TV. Um, they hogged the ball. I, I just don't think it's going to work. I, I don't see it. Mike, what? Where do you think that Westbrook fits into to this rocket system? I mean, that's so tough because, like Jay said, it's two guys who who need the ball together and need to have the ball in their hands. But at the same time, they both played together in Oklahoma City and they have that chemistry. I think. You know, Westbrook is going to be the slasher type. He's not that much of a shooter compared to James Harden, who's an ISO guy. So maybe – I think it's an upgrade from Chris Paul for sure, but I, I think the Rockets are somewhat of a better team, but I don't think they're a clear contender in the West. Was there a little bit more that we didn't really know about the situation with Chris Paul and James Harden than, than what's what's been put out? Was this a trade that needed to be made no matter what for, for them to move on? I think so. I, I, From what I'm hearing, um, you know, we're talking about basketball fit. I don't even think the Rockets know if it's a great basketball fit. I think that they made the move because James Harden went to them and said, I want Chris Paul gone, Yep. and I want to play with my boy Westbrook. So I think that's why the move was made, and they got a very talented point guard, and I think they'll figure it out on the court later on. I, I think they were also – they felt they had to make a move. There's a bit of an arms race in this, this offseason in the NBA. You've got yes. to acquire – Another superstar talent, you know, the the Lakers brought in AD, the Clippers brought in both Kawhi and Paul George. They felt they had to make a move. Or... A young talent as well. Yeah, exactly. 34, Chris Paul is deteriorating. Yeah. No, and, and they, they, if, they, if they didn't, they were going to have zero chance uh, of competing for, for an NBA title. Getting Westbrook, it, it, it makes them better. There's no other way around it. Like, he, he makes them a better team, and I, I don't think they're going to win the title. I don't think they're going to even make it out of the West. Um, just there's too much other talented teams in in that conference, but I think it makes them a better basketball team. Let's look at it from a different perspective here, and let's go to OKC's side. Mm. And that's that's the big thing. They've amassed is it eight or nine first round draft picks eight. through through the last you know three weeks, and now they're stuck with Chris Paul. And Chris Paul, this is the situation that really really gets gets me going is. Chris Paul is with OKC, and he's probably not going to play with OKC. But looking at it, 
is Chris Paul one of those guys that has a Carmelo Anthony-like contract and can't be moved? I think that Chris Paul can still play. I think he does. But where does he fit, and why would any team want him? It's almost like if you their idea was they would have flipped Chris Paul for another first-round draft pick or uh, two or whatever. Now that the league has played itself out and what the market is, it almost looks like they're going to have to give away a first-round draft pick just to trade him. So so what are your thoughts, Jay, on just the situation around Chris Paul, what he's done to himself within the last year because no one saw this coming? I, I think they'll move him. I, I think they'll find a suitor for him. Who? I'm not going to put my mouth on it and, and say who's going to uh, pick him up. But I do think that they wouldn't have taken him if they didn't think they would have been able to find a trade partner because they got rid of a, a aging point guard that was overpaid and they brought in another very much so aging point guard that's overpaid. So I don't think that the plan was to keep him. I think it was to get a stockpile of draft picks and they'll have to give, they may have to give one or two away, like you said, in order to move him. But I think they'll move. Mike, where, where's the fit? Where's the fit for, for Chris Paul? Or is there one? Can you think of anyone? I can't. I First reaction now. I mean, maybe, Especially at the $33 million uh, price tag. Right. I mean, initially, before Westbrook got traded, like everyone was saying, I thought Miami would be a great option. Maybe Chris Paul in Miami just with Jimmy Butler. I don't know. I can't think of any other team right now, though. But I feel like really bad for Oklahoma City fans in general. Like they've lost James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Ibaka, Paul George, Oladipo. Like, yeah, Oladipo, all those guys, yeah. man. It's it, it's it's almost like they had it. They had it, and then they were so scared about losing one piece that they said, "Well, you know, we can still do it." And by them, they they signed their death warrant when when they got rid of James Harden because not I I I really don't understand not paying a guy so young that was so great. It, it, it boggled my mind. It really did. Now, looking at Chris Paul, where his destination could be, I can think of one place that lost a superstar this offseason, but I don't know if it would work out well. Brett, what do you think of Chris Paul to Toronto? I, th- I think that's definitely one of the teams that has championship aspirations, even going into the next season. I know they lost Kawhi Leonard, but there's now a void there where you can bring in superstar talent, and I think using the word superstar for Chris Paul is a bit of a stretch at this point, but I think I think it is a limited number of teams that are a quote-unquote fit for Chris Paul. I think Miami is on that list. I think Toronto is probably the best, though, out of, out of all those teams that might have a, a fit for, for CP3. To me, it's almost like Lowry was the reason why Kawhi wasn't going to get over the hump and, <laughs> and, and win a championship. And now Kawhi, or Lowry is the centerpiece of that team in which... If you had had Chris Paul there, Chris Paul would have easily been able to help out. And now you got Lowry and 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 maybe a Chris Paul situation. It's it's almost like they've made so many trades that have worked out so well. Their luck their luck would run out with this. Pick. Yeah. No. But in, in going back to OKC, I, I know Mike said he kind of feels sorry for their fans at this point. Sam Presti, their their GM, the last time he had this number of picks and the the ability to build a franchise from the ground up. He drafted in consecutive years Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. Since then, he hasn't really had that draft capital to be able to add to that team because they had to acquire talent to go around those guys. It's going to be a really interesting storyline, I think, not only this coming season but years after this, uh, to see what Presti does with that OKC franchise. Can he turn them around again? Can he bring them to greatness again? Because even though they never won a championship, they were great for a number of years. Look, i got to give them credit. They decided 
that they did not want to be the eighth or ninth or tenth seed um, for three or four years. They sold out at the correct time. You got to rip the band aid off. They, I, I think, I mean, it's not really a band aid. It's a mortal wound. Like they were going to bleed out and die. Yeah. You know. So what? I, I give them credit. They did an almost an opposite approach of the Boston. Like the Boston Celtics kind of went full rebuild, but didn't really. And and Boston, it looked like it was going to work out. Everyone was singing their praises, and it backfired on them. OKC right now doesn't really have anyone young that you can go. Well, that's a piece to build around, you know. Shy Gilgis Alexander is okay. Yeah, yeah Dennis Schroeder isn't cutting it. I yeah, Dennis Schroeder is not going to cut it. I think he's twenty nine at this point. Yeah. You, you look at it and you go, well, even if they did have a guy, they're about five years away from being anything, and that guy's going to be thirty. Yeah, no. So it, they're in a tough situation. Um, I I don't really see, I don't see how they could get any better for next year, and they could be a bottom dweller, but they aren't the Knicks. So you can you can give them that, <laughs> but Jay, do you have anything anything to say about where OKC could see themselves in the next five years? Well, since we're tooting our own horns, <laughs> I came on the show a couple of weeks ago and I said that OKC the only way they will get better is if they move away from Westbrook. Do you remember that, Brett? You were sitting right beside. Yes, I was yes. sitting right there next to you. Yes. It, it was a hot take at that point. <laughs> yes, and it has happened. So I think that the future is very bright for OKC. The only thing I don't like about the situation that they're in is that a lot of their picks are. Uh, Conditional, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're unprotected, so it, they could be like uh, low first round picks. I mean, high first round picks. So that's the only part I don't like. But other than that, they I'll, do have pick swaps though, and and I think they've had ones where I think there was one or two that were protected, and then next year they became unprotected. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, in it's, that sense, and some of them are pretty far out too. Well, that's good. <laughs> See, here's the thing, Jay: is they're trading to good teams. That, that's yeah. what they're doing, and mm-hmm. so in their mind, what is that draft pick worth? In three years, nothing. Yeah. In five years, oh, it might be worth something. In six or seven years, that kid is in you know eighth grade. <laughs> so, so you you kind of go and, and and that's how Boston did it, where they did the trade with the Nets, however many years ago, and got those good picks. Yeah. Those those picks at the time meant nothing, but in the future, it, it turned into something great. Well, and the question is now is is if they can draft a good enough uh, you know a good amount of talent uh, and get them on that Thunder team, are they going to be able to lure the free agents um, to Oklahoma City to play in that market, to play for that team, and, and to build around. Because you can't – I know I know they did it 10 years ago, but you can't win with the draft anymore in the NBA. It takes more than that. No, I agree. People kind of forget, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, you're a little bit more seasoned than I am. Did Chris Paul not play in Oklahoma City during the New Orleans when, when all that happened? Yeah, he did. He did. So yep. he, it's he's somewhat familiar with it. Uh, I don't think he's still got a house, but <laughs> you know it's not it's not as it's not as far fetched as as we would think. But it's it's a sad situation for a great guy like Chris Paul. He's obviously uh, he's obviously ring hunting at, at this point in his career, and really, if he could do anything that could help his career, I know the legality of it and and whatnot is if he could buy out the last two years and just figure out a way to get over to LeBron in LA and finally get to play for the Lakers or even the Clippers and, and, and get at a better rate of maybe 20 million um, as opposed to 35, 40 million, then that's something that could happen. I've got a quick question for you, Luke. Do you think Chris Paul is still good enough to either be the best or second best player on a championship caliber team? I would say, I, I wouldn't say even the second best. I would say the, the third best. Yeah. But the problem is, his hamstrings are shot, man. 
they're gone. They're they're the equivalent of D Wade's knees. They they truly are. So we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll step aside. But uh, it, it's been a good talk so far. It's been great. Glad we got Nick Carlisle in the house. Oh boy. So uh, he's he's <laughs> he's looking at me. Seat. Yeah, he, he's coming back. He's about to kick me out. No, I'm, I think I'm gonna hold down the fort. But uh, you're listening to uh, WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State.
Welcome back to Tomahawk Talk on the voice of Florida State. I am your host for today, Luke Fay. Um, joined alongside with a bunch of my good pals here, but we're going to switch along away from Russell Westbrook. I know you guys have had a little bit enough of him. He's uh, <laughs> he's he's a character. Um, many many of these people in this room are disappointed that he didn't go to Miami. Me, myself, I thought that would have made... I could not care less. I, I, I was disappointed. I thought that that would have made me want to watch the Miami Heat, and that's something to say. Yeah, I mean, they are on TV here, but it's it, for me... It, He's still going to get enough national exposure that we'll, we'll be able to keep up. Yeah, but it would have been it would have been cooler to you know reignite that Orlando Magic rivalry because you know how bad the Heat are now. Yeah, now no, it's definitely. just embar- it's embarrassing. They right? need they needed him to get yeah, past uh, Vooch yeah. and Markel Fultz. Oh yeah, Markel Fultz, absolutely elite. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Mike is just over here just rolling in his hey, grave. Hey, Luke, oh did, boy, did you see where Markel Fultz liked the the tweet with Stephen Jackson? And people were going in on him saying that he has no. Uh, oh, that he's he's washed. Yeah, he should be liking that. <laughs> that was oh, that was boy. hilarious. Yeah, he's uh, I think I think it's more of a mental thing with Markel Fultz. Uh, it's, I mean, who who's teaching you how to shoot a basketball? Like what what happened here? I think it's always the it's always that uncle or that dad who ends up ruining everything. You know, uncle for Kawhi Leonard ruined everything. It's 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 tough around here. You should go train him, Luke. Dude, it's it's not very. You know, it's it's not very hard, dude. It's basketball. Shoot the ball. You know, <laughs> unless you've got something wrong with your shoulder, you need surgery. But right now, it's between his ears. It's like you can't even hit a golf ball at this yeah, point. Yeah, I think it's the equivalent of like the MLB version of the yips, where you just yeah. like can't or the hit golf the version of the yips for putting as well. Like right. it's just, it's it's not really there. He's got the obviously he had the talent. I thought he was overrated. I didn't think he was ever supposed to be the number one pick, but. It's 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 interesting. We'll see. You know, the Magic could be holding him diamond in the rough. Although I think he's probably going to be worse than Kyle Lowry. <laughs> and I mean, Kyle Lowry's okay. It's hard so to do. It's if he could be Kyle Lowry, that would be exciting. That would be. That would <laughs> oh, be. Oh boy. So let, let's move on to a little bit of golf. I know you guys are huge golf fans here. I'm. I am. Yeah, I'm big big golf guy here. Uh, I've always watched it. We mentioned a little bit of golf earlier. Tiger Woods won the first major it was good to see uh you know brooks kepka won the second and then gary woodland with the third uh major win and uh we'll, we'll see what 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 ends up going on with with this open championship i believe it is at royal port R- port rush royal port rush in northern yeah. ireland uh, northern ireland so that's a yeah. that's a uh it's the only home? yeah it's the only course outside of england or scotland that hosts uh the open it hasn't hosted it since like 1951 i think wow so it's it's a homecoming for for Rory McIlroy. The the odds on favorite to win yes. the Open. So I, I am looking at the the odds here. I know we've got a, a couple of gamblers in here. A cough cough might be me. Yep. Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, could say that it's a it's a disease, bro. It's a disease. Come on, come on, a fun one. Uh, but that being said, Rory McIlroy at eight to one odds favorite. Then our our very own Brooks Kepka. And his buddy Dustin Johnson, or former buddy, we don't really know. There was a little bit of a fight there at the Ryder yeah. Cup, ten to one, and a little surprise. We got Tiger Woods at eighteen to one. My pick, my pick really? right here. Uh, I'm gonna throw it out there, John Rahm. Mm, he's been playing. Yeah, I I looked at I looked at how he's been playing outside of the country, um, over in Europe, and it goes like miscut, tie for fourth, win or a uh, miscut win, uh, miscut. Second, so I, I I really think that he is one of those next in line to step up and win a major championship. And you go all the way down the list, and you look at Rory McIlroy, or excuse me, you look at Ricky Fowler and Jordan Spieth. Yeah. They're a little bit they're a little bit lowly. Jordan Spieth has been just been in such a rut. But Ricky Fowler, do you think Brett that this is his time? He might he might actually go through. He's been more <sighs> of a 
almost what what do they call it? Is it an Avis uh, second place? He's he's yeah, used to that second he, place he, number. He's he's a great golfer, and I don't want to take anything away from Ricky. Great Bauer. looking golfer too, handsome guy. Oh my oh, and, gosh! And the fashion. Are you I kidding? I love watching his, you know, looking at his outfits. You, did you know that he could have gone pro in motocross? I did not know that. Oh, they always say that. Day. But yeah, he's a great athlete. Great. Yeah, he, you know, he great golfer. But I don't, I don't think he's going to win it this weekend at Royal Port Rush. Um, I, I know McElroy's the the favorite. Uh, I think he's getting a little bit of home field advantage there. Uh, Brooks Kepio for me is pound for pound the best golfer in the world. Uh, and I think he'll probably win this one too. Easy top fi- top fifteen finish in majors. It's like it's it's almost Tiger esque at this point. Yeah, but but one other name I think you should kind of keep an eye out for. It's uh, Francesco Molinari who who won last year's Open Championship, yes. and he struggled a little bit this year. I think this would be a great chance for him to kind of bounce back over in Europe uh, and and really shine on a, on an international stage. He's been shocked ever since that that really the pine well he hit in the water. I believe it was on thirteen in the or 12, it was on yeah. 12 at the Masters, and that really changed because you thought Tiger can't do anything and, and Molinari is just making pars, 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 a birdie every here and there. And then I think that his game has just been shell-shocked ever yeah. since he hit that pine cone on 15 uh, at the Masters. But, uh, Mike, I, I, I know you aren't that huge of a golf guy, but who who is your favorite that, that you're going to go with uh, in, in the Open Championship this year? So I did a little research on uh... – just golf in general and there's this sports line prediction model that has nailed the last two major champions Gary Woodland's win at the US Open and it also predicted Kepka's win uh, for the 2019 PGA Championship so they simulated this tournament and they predict that Jordan Spieth is going to win um, really? which is very interesting to me I mean like you said he was on fire from like 2015 to 2017 but he's kind of been in a rut but it's it's an interesting choice so what, what people don't really know about Jordan Spieth, it wasn't exactly publicized um, too much, was in, I think it was December of 2017, somewhere around there, he got mono. And that's at the beginning of the golf season. Mm, and yeah. so if any of you guys have had mono before, I haven't. I have. Back in you, the eighth yeah. grade. Congrats. Yeah, it, it, Congrats, ooh, bro. It, it's Thank rough. You. It's rough. It's basically they tell you don't do any physical activity and don't don't play out in the sun. Like, you, you, got, you can't do anything for – it, it, it lasts like months and months it, and months. It was you, the worst. Tell, was, tell, yeah. tell a little bit about it. Well, I mean, yeah, you're just locked up. I did I did level up a whole bunch in uh, Call of Duty Black Ops. Um, <laughs> watched a lot of uh, oh, watched a lot of sports from my from my couch, but no, it, it definitely wasn't fun. So I I, I uh, can empathize with uh, Mr. Speed. But but what ended up happening with that was he just got off his golf game, couldn't exactly practice as much. It um it really ruined the start of his season and, and hurt his confidence and what had become the best part of his game, which was putting, ended up making – well, that's what he was just so much better at everyone else. It, it, there was not a putt that you thought he was going to miss. Everything was going in to where he became an average putter. And people were thinking, what's wrong with him? And, and a lot of stuff was going on in his personal life. He had gotten married. And there was just so much going on that you didn't really know um, where his head was at. And 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 right now, that is an interesting pick. It, it would be – he. People, if you remember, they were crowning him the next Tiger Woods at, at yeah, that point in yeah. the year. So, or well, after he won those majors, and it looked like he could have gone for four in a row. But now it's the return of Tiger, and Brooks Kepka has stepped up. Uh, golf is a much different place. Jay, who who do you got? Homer alert! Homer alert! I'm going with Kepka. Really? Yes. I love it. Uh, that's, and hey, everybody, that's a good pick. Good pick. Everybody talked about a homecoming for McElroy. Um Kepka's caddy is actually from Portrush. Oh, wow. really? Yes. And he played the course as a junior. So that's a big advantage for one of the best golfers in the world. So 
Wow, we got yeah. we got Jay over here just doing huge big Jay <laughs> crazy turnover. research we, department. Jay bomb, Jay bomb. Hey, we we call we call Jay over here at the department Big JJ Journo because <laughs> you know I think that I learned about Jay today is his his real name is Jackie. Jackie, oh, just yeah. learned that today. I'm, I'm calling I learned that Jackie. today. I'm Jackie. Calling Jackie from here. On was out. it was it were, were your parents a fan of Jackie Robinson or was that a family name? Uh, yeah, that's my dad's name. So okay, yeah. Jackie okay. Junior. And actually, the reason why I go by Jay is because he told me to go by Jay because whenever I got in trouble, people would bring his name into it. So he said, "For now, on your Jay." <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Uh, Love the thought process. Yeah. Jay is like, I hope my kids aren't listening tonight. <laughs> no, but, but Luke, going going back to Jordan Spieth, outside of of, of Tiger Woods winning winning uh, the Open this weekend. Would would Jordan Spieth be best for the golf narrative if he were to pull off a a, a huge upset victory at at Royal Portrush? I would say no. I I really would say no because Jordan Spieth is he's done it before and it wouldn't be it would be a little bit of a surprise. But to me, if if you're looking at someone that that really golfers golfers rated him pro golfers rated him as the most overrated golfer yeah. in in all of uh, the tour, and that's Ricky Fowler. And you look at Ricky Fowler; he's won some great tournaments. He 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 won the the Players Championship, which is known as the fifth major in golf. He's done everything. Uh, there was one year, um, I want to say two years ago, where he was top five in every single major. Yeah. And really, it's because I, I feel like a lot of golfers are jealous of him and his personality. How he's got all these sponsorship deals, and he is really the the guy who gets all the media attention, but he can't win. And there isn't. I, I don't think of. I can't really think of. He's almost the um, give me give me the girl's name from from the early two thousands. Um, Enrique so. Iglesias is uh or no um, uh, not Enrique Iglesias. Uh, who's the singer? And uh, anyone anyone? We'll have we'll have to do we'll no, have to do some we're, we'll uh, have to get the research department on that. I'm, you guys are killing me. You don't know uh, <laughs> no. Gloria Estefan? No no no, no. the 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 woman's tennis player, um who uh, oh boy. not Sharapova. No, 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 no. Early, uh, early 2000s. But, but while we're looking yeah. that up, Ricky Fowler, I think if he were to win a major and go on to win a few majors in his career, that's a guy, he's got the personality that, that golf fans and people that aren't even golf fans would really fall in love with, and he could really start to, to push the needle and, and put golf more on the national stage because yeah. he is a likable guy. He's very marketable. and, and Which we, Brooks kept I, it not necessarily is he's very even keeled he, he's like yeah eh. he makes a party he's like yes you know whatever he his him with the media is yeah i'm the best in the world but you know i could have been even better at baseball yeah. that kind of rubbed the the purest wrong I, the the woman i was looking for was anna kornikova that's right um that's so it. yeah that 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 was that was who i was looking for he's almost like that um won a little bit more but the the golfing people just don't like him the uh, the players I feel like a lot of the players the the the, the elite players you know kind of like him but the younger uh, the 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 fringe players just think that he gets all that publicity and it kind of takes away from the game when you aren't really winning the the big tournaments you look at a, you look at some of the the sorry sorry golfers who've won uh, p uh majors uh, he doesn't really exactly he's he, he the talent is there yeah no I, I think he he might be one of those guys and obviously we know when tiger woods is playing well at a major everyone tunes in even if yes. you've never watched golf before ricky fowler is another guy that uh, he, obviously he'll never reach tiger woods levels but i think that the country could really fall in love with and, and to help golf on the national stage and on the on the global stage as well well, guys, I think that's enough golf for you, uh, you and me. Oh, I, you know, really? Hey, Jay, I, 
Hey Jay, I know that's that's your sport. We we got to go away from it. I love golf, <laughs> I, guys. I you know you know I do. But we're gonna move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I said, and we can tweet this. Get this a poll going out here. I said that Tallahassee is a Jacksonville Jaguars town. Not a over chance. over Tampa, over Miami easily, but it is a Jaguars town. Before we dive into what we're going to talk about with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going to make the case really quickly on on why Tallahassee is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh, town. You, <laughs> you know it's the, not. You, you know go it's through the '90s. Not. Warwick Dunn comes out of Florida State, plays really really well with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Derek Brooks, possibly the greatest Tampa Bay Buccaneer of all time, and now Jameis Winston, who won a national championship at Florida State, is the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. And I, I I really think when I go around town and I see I see some of the watch parties that are held around here. I think that the Bucks move the needle slightly more than the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's, it, I think it's debatable, dude. I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but just me being in this town longer than than you by actually twice as long. Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I think there's that, a reason for that that you've been here for so long. That, there is a reason, and, uh, Shots fired. and it's, it's a great reason. It's a great reason, guys. I just love you so much. Brett is, Brett's, Brett's like, uh, you know, I think I'm gonna peace out a little bit early. Three. Yeah. Could you imagine graduating college in three years? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jay's yeah. Jay's out here as a 30 year old man, <laughs> loving it. Jay doesn't want to leave. Jay doesn't want to leave, and Brett's trying to get out the door as a 20 20 year old into the world. I don't. Jay, what's wrong with him? What is wrong with him? I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a lost for words. But, but let's get <laughs> on to it. So the, the situation with the Jacksonville Jaguars is they have the best defense in the NFL. And I would describe this as a Seattle Seahawks 2015-type defense um, where they're just disgusting. They don't need the offense to be that great. Um, Leonard Fournette's going to carry that offense pretty well as long as he stays out of trouble and, and isn't injured. But that defense is the focal point of this entire team. There, there's no argument about that. And Yannick Ngakwe has has really stepped up. He was a third-round draft pick, overlooked his most of his career, led the NCAA in sacks his senior year, or I think it was his senior year at, at Maryland. And he comes in into the Jaguars camp and kills it. He's, he's done great. Um, look, just looking at his stats, he's got, over his career, 30 sacks, uh, which is great in yeah, three, years. Over three years. And he's going, he's going into his contract year, and he's sitting out. And so I'm looking at all these other other players, and Jalen Ramsey at this point, he's going into his second-to-last year, and he's thinking about sending out. So my question to you guys is, if the, if the Jags end up u- losing Ngakwe, do you think that if they don't give him money, do you think that that changes the dynamic of the Jaguars? Will they will they end up will, will they make a run at the playoffs this year or or not? This Jaguars team, they are 100. percent they, they 100% need every defensive piece they can get. They, They're built for defense. They've, they've got Nick Foles. They brought Nick Foles in. They've got Leonard Fournette. They're going to have an okay offense, I think. And that's okay at best. Yeah. But they had an okay at best offense when they made it to the AFC Championship game just a couple of years ago. If they can keep guys like Ramsey and like Ngakwe, they can go just as far as anybody. Do you think that, that Ngakwe is worth the money? Because I'm looking, I'm looking at the top paid... Uh, defensive ends in, in, in the NFL. Yeah, I got you, I got and you. it's Demarcus Lawrence at twenty one million, Frank Clark at twenty eight uh twenty million, Trey Flowers at eighteen, Cameron Jordan at seventeen, and D Ford at seventeen as well. So those are the top five. So about if you're if you're a top five player getting paid in between seventeen and twenty million dollars, is that a value pick for the Jacks? I think he's worth it because, like you said, he has more sacks than Lawrence, and Lawrence has a $65 million deal with the Cowboys, more than D. Ford, who's got a $45 million deal. 
the interesting question is, how, will they? Is he going to ask up to a hundred million dollars? Is are the Jags willing to pay that much money to keep him? I think that his him as a locker room, just just around the locker room, he has that voice. If you lose that voice of that guy who really came in and no one, they're like, oh, if he makes a team, that's great. He's not really going to make very much of it. And now he's he's the guy on defense. If you lose that type of player, it's a young team. The Jaguars' yeah. defense is young. The entire team is young. If you lose that type of player, then all the other guys see, well, you know, they don't really respect they don't respect young players around here. Why would I want to play? Why don't I go over to the Texans and, and figure out? And that's what I think I'm seeing with Jalen Ramsey is he's seeing his buddy in Gakwe having a, a tough time as he is a top five. In my opinion, he's a top five defensive end, but he's not he they don't want to pay him, which makes no sense to me. And Jalen Ramsey is seeing this and saying, I am one of the I am the best cornerback in 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 the in, in the entire NFL. And if they're putting one of the best defensive ends, do I even really want to be here? And Jalen Ramsey has that type of ego where it could blow up and mess mess the whole uh, chemistry of that defense and how young it is, Jay. Um, in the words of Aaron Rodgers, everybody relax. <laughs> everybody relax. I'm reading. Right uh, have you here. looked at his Twitter? Have you looked at Jalen Ramsey's Twitter, man? I I think Jalen Ramsey is in a worse position than Ngakwe. Ngakwe, I think he's going to get his money, but Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know, he doesn't, he stays in Tennessee to work out and I'm fine with that and, and whatnot, but he's the type of guy that, that his ego gets hurt if you don't yeah. give him what he wants. Well, I think if they lose him, it would be like you said, because he left. But as far as like the, uh, the team's cap space, um, I think that they'll be able to retain them both. It says here that if they cut Marcel, uh, Darius, they can save $20 million in cap space right there. So I think that they'll be able to retain them both. Uh, everything but, I'm reading it says that they can pay them both. Yeah, but you look at Darius, and Darius is the one thing that clogged up the uh, in that AFC Championship run the, where the Jaguars have been bad at was the run game, and Darius was the one who filled that up. So maybe if you can rework a contract issue with that and whatnot. But Brett, Ngakwe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quite frank, he isn't worth the money that he's going to get. But the truth is is that someone's going to pay him, and the Jacksonville Jaguars have to decide if they want to pay him or if they're going to let someone else pay him because the Oakland Raiders saw firsthand when you let a top-caliber yes. uh, top defensive player like Khalil Mack, they didn't want to pay him. They got rid of him. They traded him. And, and, and the Chicago Bears, you know, their whole season was, was, was made by Khalil Mack. Mike, do you think that this sets um, – it, it, it's more of a precedent if they don't pay him? Like it, it, it seems like he's probably going to get top three money if he goes somewhere, and if the Jags give him the money. But if the Jags.